Welcome to episode 23 of Creativity Conversations. And today I have the distinct pleasure of talking with Donna Hollandshead. Donna, welcome. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. Oh, it's going to be fun. So if you haven't been on this call before, we are redefining and re-examining the nature of creativity. Since most people think creativity just means you're going to be artistic or not, depending on how you see yourself. We are here to just look at all the different ways that creativity shows up in our world. And to that end, I'm going to start with Donna's bio, and then we'll just see where the conversation goes. For over 25 years, Donna's life has been devoted to teaching yoga and the practice of looking through the eyes of the soul and seeing the blessings in all of life. Donna experienced her own adversity, uncertainty, and her share of life challenges and realized that while she couldn't control outer circumstances, she could definitely choose self-compassion and the willingness to find a blessing in every circumstance. Donna's mission is to mirror love, freedom, and joy in ordinary moments. She points the way so you can make that choice, and her passion is holding space for those who seek expansion. So we'll talk about that. <laughs> Donna is an Akashic Record consultant, a minister who does weddings, artist, author, master yoga instructor, certified infinite possibilities trainer. That's a new one Have to find out more about that and professional clown. Donna lives in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Western North Carolina with her amazing husband of 29 years, David, her dog, Jay, and Wildcat Friday. Her website is www.iamlivinglovinglaughing.com. Okay, Donna, let's do it. Okay, and it's interesting to hear you read the bio because I'm working on shifting it right now, right? Time goes by. Our sweet dog Jay left the planet in the summer, right? Like, oh, and that, and that part, you know, that tenderness. I had to look at that just last week of, oh, right, things change. Let's kind of just jump right in here. How would you characterize creativity if you didn't use that word creativity? So I would characterize it as curiosity, wonder, being present without any, without any preconceived notions or without labels. So that if I'm somewhere, like I'm not going to see just what I think is there. I'm just going to go, oh, what's actually there? <laughs> and what's the difference? How do you do that? How do I do that? Well, one thing is I really notice so I am a visual person. So I notice things, not like this is a piece of paper cut into a shape of heart, more like, oh, what, what does this look like? I notice shapes. I notice patterns in, when I'm in nature. So I actually look at things. I will literally get upside down to look at something from another way. <laughs> and that could come from working with children for so long, because if you're on the floor with kids, you could just get underneath the chair and just go look at some things. So I think it's, I notice, I notice things new. What were you doing teaching kids or being under so chairs? It's in clowning. So when I was in my clowning, so I, that was my bigger part of my career, but I was a country club clown, which meant that I, that I attended the family nights, the dinner family night dinners, like two hours while the family is eating, the kids are playing with me. And I did that every Friday and Sunday at the same club for many years. So the kids get to be your friends. So you're, we're hanging out, you know, and we're coloring, we're doing things, but we would just 
look at things different or we would take something and turn it up what would it do so it's sort of a turning standing things on their head because kids love that imagine so imagination is probably another way i would say yeah and not holding to something being what it is because someone said that's what it was like i love using things for what they're not made to be used for <laughs> <laughs> Give me some really pretty duct tape and watch me make a purse. <laughs> Serious, right? <laughs> Were you always this way, this kind of creative way, or did you find that there was a there were points in your life or a turning point where you suddenly realized things could be more fun, things could be more interesting, more adventurous? Hey, that's an interesting question. I think I've always had an imagination and like to play in that way. So from the time I was small, like my first memory, my kindergarten memory literally is the orange juice cans that we got to pour paint in and have it an easel to do like the tempera paint. Like that was something that, ah, some kind of messy way. So I think there was that. And so I followed it. But I didn't have the confidence to do anything really with it as far as, you know, my career in life. However, I was the receptionist at a very young age that sat at my desk with nothing to do but answer phones and had markers and colored the envelopes of whatever cards I was sending. Like, I couldn't help it. So I guess in a way, it's in me with color to, to definitely do that. As an adult, think that I, I saw that there were choices. I saw that there's a way to go down. I call it the grown-up way, which is more serious and do this and you must. And in fact, when I was taking a typing course, this pretty much sums it up, taking the typing course because I had earned more money as a secretary if I took typing, F-R-F-J-U-J, F-R-F-J-U-J. And then the line we typed was anyone can type. Yeah, anyone can type. As soon as I typed that, something in me went, oh, well, if anyone can type, I don't really need to type. There's enough people typing. And I stopped <laughs> and said, oh, that's just really not for me. So, so in those ways, I think I did, I do look through those eyes and in challenging situations, I see it as uh, looking for what is in it that's for me. So for me, it's not looking at anything that happens in life as against me. If something is occurring that is more serious, it's like, well, okay, this is what's true. What what's for me, and how? And that that's the part where I think creativity comes in to choose. What am I going to do inside? Did anyone influence you to be able to see this way? I would say that almost. I feel as though I had some sort of little guardian angel that gave me some amazing teachers from my my kindergarten teacher who is quite creative to my art teacher in elementary school and all the way like high school. My art teacher in high school gave me an easel at the back of the room because he saw my how I loved to do things with art and would not allow me to stay too long in anything, made me try everything, made me enter art shows. I was scared, I mean, 17, right? And just kept me and kept me on it and kept me on it and, and so that, had me try things that were scary <laughs> and play with things. So that was an influence. Hey, believe it or not, my my first husband, I was young when I got married first time, also like kind of kept pushing me to go try this other thing. It had me tap into the creative thing that was my nature. And then I looked to, you know, yeah, I always, I've had really amazing mentors. When I was a professional clown, I had a mentor 
I was a natural face painter. And so it's like the universe, I'm saying it that way because I don't know how else to say something that went in front of me would be a teacher or a mentor and I would be ready and I would say yes. So there have been a lot of influences in that way. And you know, my my amazing husband now who's really calm, we, he was the Mr. Clown guy, like, like, oh my gosh, super calm. Always going, yeah, go do that, go try that, okay. And then my mom was, has, is always been my biggest fan, you know, but there's also another side of that, which was something as I've aged, maybe that has changed, which is as that creative um, to be labeled as flaky, not consistent, not good at certain things, not too, too, ah, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and that's something that I've looked at more of late to say, is, is that true? Or is it just different? It's just that I, I see it different. And can I, can I let that be okay? Yeah, right? that is so important. That's really important. When I had Davey Beeler on, who's a, a good friend of Michael Neal's, we, when I first met him, we had a conversation about multi-potentialites. And I don't know if you've ever heard that phrase before. Yes. And Davey is really unbelievably multi-talented. And he had never heard that phrase before. And we got into this conversation about how his talents and his willingness to explore so many different avenues in his life have made him who he is. And most of us, it's changing now, but in the past to be flaky meant you didn't stay with something for 30 years, right? Right. Or that you couldn't finish something or that you just didn't know what you wanted to do. But actually that definition, which has transformed from, I think the other word for it was scanner back in the eighties. Mm -hmm. Uh, that was developed by a woman named Barbara Sher. It just shows you and indicates that there is nothing wrong with that kind of in multi-interest because you're those people who go from one thing to another, who become a lawyer, who then become a chef, who then become a landscape gardener, who then become a something else, are exploring things to the extent that it satisfies them and satisfies their curiosity. They don't necessarily have to be a master at it but they get something out of that exploration. And when they're done, they're done. And they're on to the yeah. next thing. But in our society, it, it used to be, it's less so now, although there's still an emphasis on being an expert, that going down one track for your whole life just doesn't make any sense anymore. It's so interesting because I, I, it was put to me, so I put myself through business school <laughs> to try to like help myself, you know, and so it's, and it was a, it was a rather fun way of doing it the way I chose, but still very linear. And I kept like, kind of like go looking, going, I can't do lesson one. I just can't do that. What's an elevator speech? No, not doing that. Can't do that. Right. And then someone did present this thing about the multi-potentiality. Is that the, or the close so, enough? something like that but some and she and she does really great work and she said so imagine you had bubbles and of course give me bubbles oh that's pretty that's fine she goes so what if you draw some bubbles and you and you look at all the things that you like to do and these bubbles are and and as soon as I could see it that way oh because that's more it's more fluid and that felt better to me yeah to not be in a box or 
feel like it had to. And 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 it also, I think there's, I heard you say this about that one 30 year track. There's a part of me that wouldn't want to commit to something I really love to go, oh, I don't want to take it down to the place where I don't love it anymore. I want to keep loving it. <laughs> so let me dabble over here, right? It, like even with clowning, what was so fun about clowning was changing environments all the time. New people, new, like it was, I did the same birthday party for 15 years, the same one, same, and the kids wanted that, but it was never the same because they showed up and brought what they brought. They had an energy that I was able to play with. And that's another part for me that is really in this creative conversation. I love when humans get together and one thing becomes another and one idea, you know, like I'll draw this line here, you draw the next line, like let's, or in a conversation or in anything. I think it's so it's it's so fulfilling. And 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 I have I have done things with adults to get them to I call them play dates or play shops or whatever where you put up some paint, you have to actually warm adults up to play. Let's get a crayon first. It's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. But then I've watched given like a lot of space and to make a mess and it doesn't matter, something happens and something opens in us that just wants to move and that's the part that I love like playing with that part of of life well you're preaching to the choir as far as I'm concerned I know but I am curious what it is that you observe about adults as they get into a more a looser state what do you see as their as as the typical kinds of resistance that shows up well, the typical kind of resistance to an adult with an adult is they want to make it, there's an attachment to outcome in the creative space. So it's sort of like the, the wine and design. We're going to all paint this painting. It's going to go like this. Oh my gosh, I would go rogue in one of those, right? But if I watch the adults, and I did this with friends because I was curious, like how, what, what are they? Well, it needs to look like this. And so that attachment to the outcome create uh, everything going in because then everything I put on any piece of paper, if we're talking painting, it matters because I need it to look a certain way. So I see this like automatic restriction. And then the other thing I see come up is the story. I'm not creative. That to me is just utter BS because you're born and yeah. So, so then there's a judgment and then there's, and so then there's a withhold. So if I give you a very big piece of paper that's the size of a poster and, and I watch an adult and they'll start with a really small brush and they'll start in this one little spot because that might feel safer. I will like go over, oh yeah, I'll go over with a really big brush and just take their arm and go, here, try this. Here, here, get it off the paper and on the wall. And then you see like all this because there's rules and there are rules that, yeah, adults have are conditioned to follow in certain areas of life. And so I see that that all comes up. And then I also see that everyone is different. So sometimes even a song, even music notes can have someone change their state and that can change what they're doing with any kind of a creative thing. Like I did one time, I actually, we did food mandalas. I had these ginormous plates and vegetables like all cut up in little cups and said, okay, here, go arrange these. And it was so fun to watch like, oh, well, what did it? These are vegetables on a plate. Like, what does it matter? We're playing, we're just, we're just gonna make it pretty, don't make it pretty. And then, and then, so the resistance starts and then if they stay with it and they just keep adding and I'll hold that, right? You hold the space. Then before you know it, they're lost. They didn't, they don't know how much time went by. 
they don't know what happened and then they're on their plate and then maybe they're eating a vegetable and then maybe there's and then there's this love i don't know like so i think they they start tighter and then something shifts and they have more freedom i mean maybe in some in some systems they'd say that's you know letting out your inner child it oh it really moves me because when i see it i see the original innocence and creativity like just allowed <laughs> yes so one side we've got rules and then the other side we've got freedom right interesting to see what needs to be eliminated or given permission in order to get to the freedom part or at least and, more freedom and it's a dance depending on life experience depending on where one finds himself and i so i also believe it's something to be gentle and kind with so that it doesn't you know it's just like oh you know if you had a little kid and you were in, encouraged them to be creative or whatever and you gave them some things you wouldn't judge whatever they did because you would go well what is that right you never you never tell a child who creates anything with a drawing what you see you ask them what is this to you, right? Or if I'm looking at someone's artwork, what do I see, right? So there's a part of an adult taking off the labels and what we've been told to see or how we've been told to be. And that allows for some freedom. I say, I tell my clients and students, like practice it like in the mundane. Like if you're making a sandwich, go about it in a way that is like, <laughs> that is just, you know, notice that how, how are you doing that like what is, are you doing it in a certain way or the same way right we're habit creatures right. habit creatures right and, and i see it with adults where creativity it shows up in gardening mm. in cooking and how in parenting like there's room for it everywhere it's not just art i mean some of us like that tangible you know that but it's not that it's it can be in all the areas so how does it show up with the yoga classes that you teach <laughs> well so i have a specific training and there's a certain style of class and i like to hold to that for the consistency for students to know in their bodies where they are and how they're feeling and for me in yoga i mean i actually created yoga church <laughs> because I like to speak to the spirit. So when I'm teaching a yoga class, I start with a, and these little thrive cards, these tiny little cards that have little sentiments on them. And, and, and so I just pulled one in and it says, what do you enjoy doing? Got it. So there are these little cards. So I start the practice with a card that I don't know what it's gonna be. I randomly pick it. And then I let that inform where we're gonna go in relation to yoga, to breath, to self. So it shows up that way. And when I'm teaching, I never have a plan. I see, I check in with the group and the energy and where we are and what, and I allow it to flow in a way that feels like right for the moment. And I don't question, there's a level of trust. There's a level of trust. And after teaching for so many years, right? You, you, your toolbox has a lot of tools in it. <laughs> so right. it's like, okay, what's gonna come out? And then I don't, and then after class sometimes uh, I'm like, oh, well that happened, okay. <laughs> Yeah. So being in the moment, being present, not even taking for granted the body that you had yesterday is the same body showing up today. Because if you practice yoga a long time, a lot, you can do it by rote. 
right. and not even think about it. So I like to I like to call to being present in the practice because that's where the value comes. And then quieting, noticing, not even quieting, but just even noticing what's happening up in your head. Well, and all of that certainly gets in the way of being in the moment if you're up right. in your head, right? Right. If I think that my pose is supposed to look like this, right? Because yoga can be like a box. Oh, you better have this here, this here. Da, da, da. I'm like, or you can be in a pose that feels healthy. So I will always teach to what is your healthy pose? And that's why it's yoga practice and yoga practice. <laughs> we never get it. <laughs> and then I think have fun with it. What I hear and what you're saying is there's a, a willingness to follow a process of becoming whatever that will mean. Christy Halverson's favorite word, cottywample, you know, to travel confidently and towards an unknown destination. Mm. That's to me, one of the perfect definitions of creativity. We have something in mind that we're going towards, but we're not, haven't nailed it down. And we allow whatever comes into our party space, our play space, Right. And we don't resist it. We work with it. Right. And I, I, I heard you say that the willingness. So my spiritual teacher, um, John Roger, who's not on the planet anymore. One of the things that stays in me as like kind of a, an inner compass in life is the willingness to do creates the ability. And so if we only show up with willingness, the rest is done. <laughs> And I, I, and I believe that that's the way I show up in something that's very new that I have no idea. I'm just like, and I'm also really willing to suck at things. <laughs> so we have to be willing to not be perfect, right? There's that, but the willingness to do creates the ability, something inside of us. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Because what I hear in that is that there is something already present for us to be receptive to, regardless yeah. of the context. It could be a business meeting. It could be making the sandwich. It could be getting ready to go outside in cold weather. It could be how we're going to deal with the pandemic. Yes, yes. And so I would add to that the willingness. And then I would add awareness. Because if I'm showing up willing and aware, then I'm not in my head. I don't have other ideas already. And then if I'm aware, I'm present. And if I'm willing and I'm aware and I'm present, whatever thing that I do, whether it's picking up a paintbrush or tying my shoe, it's coming from a place of, you know, feeling alive, grateful. Like that, that to me is living creatively. Now, you haven't said this, but what I am coming up with, what's coming to mind for me is that there is that openness is a pointer that there is always enough. There's always something coming down the pipeline so that we're never, we're never without an idea. We're never without a possibility, except in the way we choose to look at whatever we're doing in that moment. And that is our, that is totally our choice. And as you said that, what came to mind another, like I'm, I'm aware now in this conversation of some internal uh, compass that I have. And I, I, I believe that, that I'm a soul with a body, but this is a very small part. So when we're in this creative conversation, that's a more soul-centered piece of expressing here and experiencing. And then another saying, I, I might have it hanging on, or on an altar somewhere, but it 
all you want to be, you already are. All you have to do is look within and recognize the reality of your own soul. Mm. So there's something in that for me that says like, oh, we got a body. Wow. I mean, the act of birth, get, being born or giving like that, that is the ultimate, what's constantly happening here. So I see that as that willingness, but also that there is something else that's not quite as dense as I can, you know, pat my own arm. <laughs> It's the, it's the ethereal. It's the thing we can't see. It's the magic. It's the, you know, it's that part that's, ah, (laughs) and I, I believe when we're willing and we're aware it's present always, we can, we can step out of it. We can step out of the awareness of it. We can turn from that. We can focus on something that isn't, you know, that has more rules or has, but, but it's, it's present always. And, and I think that's where the creativity is, where, that's where it's flowing. So then, so for me in life, then it's about, un, I'm not sure of the, the word, but to, to set ourselves free so that we can be more in alignment with that thing. And then when you, when you said what, what happens with adults, what I see is they have more peace. There's an ease, even when the world is wobbly. You know what? It's occurring to me that what happens, one of the things that happens in that creative process is that being open like that gives us the opportunity to experience our true nature. Mm-hmm. So when we're putting all the rules and regulations and the shoulds and the shouldn'ts and do this, don't do that, we are, we're bound up by it. But when we have something that frees us up, playing with vegetables, looking underneath the chair. It's, it's an invitation to recognize what's already present within us, that flow, that ease, that peace of mind that's part of who we are beneath all the noise and the clutter and the must do this and shouldn't do that and be safe. I, I hear you say that, Nina, and I, the word, um, you know, infinite wisdom, right? It's, yeah, we're wired for it. We are it. You know, we are it. We're wired. We are it. Yeah, we are it, right? Here we are. Like, and somehow some part of us managed to get a physical form. Like, that's just sort of cool. Like, that was our first, for, okay, project one, get born. Get in the body. See what happens next. You can do it. <laughs> right? I mean, and even in, in, in life and death, and I have, because I am a minister and I have been blessed to be with people during transition, to watch the dissolving like in a in in someone that is awake and aware there's like a dissolving because oh we got to leave the form now (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna leave it okay we had it but it's got it's got to (laughs) stay and so this is like this cycle right and even with any project that we do it has a beginning it has a whatever and then okay now what next thing right it's not it's never finite or concrete or you've arrived (laughs) yeah there's nowhere to arrive to. I know. Isn't that isn't that a blessing? <laughs> I don't know. That feels like uh, okay. Yeah. Everybody breathe. <laughs> Nina said it. There's nowhere. There's nowhere to arrive to. <laughs> we're already here. Okay, so we're good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we get mixed up. Well, it's easy to yeah. when you think about how much conditioning there is to put us into nice little industrial age tracks. 
And that's what we do because that's what we're, and the education system is like that. Oh, no, it yeah. would be total chaos if kids were allowed to learn the way that was best for them and wasn't right. efficient or safe. Yeah. And, you know, and as I hear you say that, I, I had this flash. So as, when I was clowning, occasionally I would get one of those parents that would call me up and want to know five minute by five minute everything I was going to do. And they wanted to do this at this time and this at this time. And I'm thinking to myself, my God, we're dealing with five-year-olds. Okay. And I would say all the yeses to them. Sure. We'll do that. We'll do that. Knowing my job is that these people have a really great time. And this little person feels very, very happy and glad to be alive and celebrated, but that the conditioning that it has to, and as soon as you drop that, and you go with what's there, it's easier because it's creating angst on all the other levels. Meanwhile, the kids, what do they want to, they just let, let's have fun. Okay. Right. And you have this whole box of things, you know, the, the clown is so interesting because we have this whole repertoire, like, but you might never even take any of it out because you're just having fun because you are, <laughs> and they are right. And do it until they, there's a thing in that, in the world of clowning that, you know, you stop doing something just before they're done with it. Right. Cause they want more. What if we did that life that way? I'm doing this thing because it still feels great. Like I'm not going to take it until it feels like, ugh. <laughs> what a, right. what a, ah. And then let it lead to the thing that goes, ah, yeah. Why don't, why don't we, why don't we do that? Why don't we practice that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, golly. Talk about your artwork because I happen to have one of your beautiful calendars here. Tell us yeah. about your artwork. It is so full of joyfulness and love. I just want to hear how it, it has happened for you. I have always loved painting and I've always been willing to paint anything. And then my years of face painting, I really wasn't an artist then. I was really face painting because you do it, they wash it off. You do it, they wash it off, right? And it kept me in the creative flow. So when I um, sat down when my children got older and I decided like, okay, I want to do the more art thing. So I keep, I have a desk in my bedroom that has a lovely window and I keep my watercolors set up always. And I love crayons and watercolor because I like that the crayon will repel the watercolor. So love, I'm gonna do a little ad here for the, the, the multicolor twistables, like, oh, really fun. So I, so I love to play with that, but I have all the things, all the markers, the Sharpies, all that, like, and that's just set up. I have a studio, I'm blessed to have a studio in my basement where I can paint t-shirts. I love painting fabric. I love the way fabric reacts to paint. And then I like to do big canvases. But when my sons moved out, I got another room. And that's the room where I, I put big paper on the walls and use temper paint. I've never sketched. I've never sketched a thing. I just want to go, let me see what comes out. And so the colors that I choose, the whatever, I just kind of pick. And I just start with something on the paper and then follow it. Some things I might just throw away because I go, oh, that was fun. Some might just be, and some things, but it, there's a love for me of the process that it's, it resets me. It's like, a, it's, I can't, it, it feels magical and bright color. My gosh, I don't think I could ever be one of those monochromatic artists. I tried that once. <laughs> and I don't think I also know, is it too much? Is there too much on the paper? Oh my God, go ahead. You know, but there are times when I'm, there's different times where there's more white space and less. So I like to play with that too. Definitely inspired by nature because I live in the mountains in North Carolina and I lived in Florida for many years. We didn't have seasons. So the seasons and the colors and the patterns in nature like amaze me. So if I go for a walk, I come back and there's things in me that just want to 
just to play with color and shapes. And I'm very two-dimensional in my art, definitely paintbrush. Like I've tried a few of those like sculpty things. That's not my jam, it's fun. <laughs> but I like that. So there is generally a lightness. I consider myself abstract because I like the freedom. So I am always with big, bold strokes. You won't find me painting something really small on an egg ever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, oh, I, I so admire the people that can do that or that can take a picture and reproduce like, oh, that is a whole different talent. For me, it's more about the action and the play. And I love to be messy. I want to be able to have, I have painting clothes. I, like, I want to be able to get it everywhere. And then what's landing on the paper, great. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the, it's the process. It's the fun. Um, yeah. And I generally pick bright colors. I use white. I like sometimes to uh, use black to just uh, maybe do little afterthoughts. I think in the calendar, that's what I do. Like I'll just, and I love to play with words. Like if words have energy, so sometimes I'll just take a word or a saying or someone will say, so when I take notes in any classes, I take them with my magic markers. And sometimes they end up as a drawing because it anchors information in me. So I use art in that way too. And then I love using it to inspire. So I, I have a lot of friends around the world. And if I can create a piece of art and put it out there on social media or somewhere and someone feels better because they saw it, that matters to me, but it's sort of like, if you squeeze me, all those colors and sparkles are going to come out. So I just have to keep them flowing or I'll have like a backup. I don't know what would happen. My husband would be like, oh no. <laughs> so, so I paint, I do, I won't say every day cause I don't hold, I don't have a certain practice, but when it moves me, cause if I get lost in it for a while, you know, I will, I love that. I love painting and creating that way. You know, I, I'm, really struck by the idea of seeing what happens let's just see what happens as a mindset or a way of life uh, as opposed to let's not rock the boat mm -hmm. and because we've been in this lockdown now for so many months i'm seeing that a lot that people they've shrunk <laughs> shrunken because there's so much fear and you know nobody wants to get sick nobody wants to die or lose a loved one of, of course not but there are certain things you can beyond the, the things you can do to take care of yourself and be safe how do you keep that desire to protect yourself from not going with this analogy infecting or coloring the rest of your life i think that's just so crucial to have some place where you can let it out, whether it's fear or frustration or whatever it is, to be able to let it flow, which is a component of being creative, being an explorer, being an adventurer. But if we just get so caught up and, oh God, I better take care, I better do, that really, the things that we need to do are pretty, they don't take a lot of time, right? And then we have the rest of our day and the rest of our life. But if we're still thinking that same way, I have to not knocking masks, but if we mask our lives, then there are real consequences to that. Yeah. And it's what I see is that we begin to believe 
something different. Like we're, it's, it's the part of not being in awareness <laughs> because we're projecting a different reality onto ourselves. And when I was listening to you, like in this place around the, the lockdown and now too, like moving the body is another way of like getting the energy out. And so I've done some of my, some really amazing paintings when I was really in a tough spot and really a lot of anger and a lot of like sadness and frustration, like what, and I just go, and, and that is when I will take a five foot by five foot canvas out in the driveway and go, okay, let's just, and just let that go. And then when it's done, oh, there's that. So I think that having a channel, is that, a, is that the right word? Whatever that is for you. And I think dancing, like dancing, like stomping your feet down, like really being in your body and really moving to get that all going so that we're not just sitting and, and stagnant, right? It's like water, right? A pond where, the, where that water, there's that little stagnant, but if the water moves, the stagnation moves with it. So I see that as, and in this time, I don't know. And I do live outside of Asheville, North Carolina, which is a really funky, right? Creative place, but I'm watching people be be more creative in how or what they're going to do with what, right? With what their children, with what the kids or what they're, so I see that there's an opportunity if we choose it. Yeah. And I think the choice is the operative word. And that is always ours, right? And so for me, it's like never, never imposing on another either, right? Because everyone gets to be where they are, but no, not but, and, and meeting ourselves where we find ourselves. And what's the, what's that one thing? What's that one small thing that we can tap into, right? Because it can be really small. I mean, uh, you know, that, that simple, uh, gosh, it's been taught forever, but where you, you use your non-dominant hand and just write something. I don't care. I don't care if it's in color, but just write something with your non-dominant hand because there's going to be something else that happens in you. <laughs> that yeah. small something, you know, write a note, you know, like just one, just that little, that little thing. And you never know what that one little thing will be. Right. So that's what I would say that if we're in that space of thriving, I love the word thrive. And when I watch the garden, whether it's the weeds or the garden, there's a thriving but if we're going to be in thriving, there's some part of us, or I'll speak for myself, that, that is willing to, to try something new, to do something differently. When I was younger, and I remember when I had to mow the lawn, <laughs> give a kid a task, I wanted to write my name. <laughs> I wasn't asked to mow the lawn often after that, but I remember going, <laughs> can I make my initials in the lawn? <laughs> But like that, right? That's a task. I gotta go mow the lawn. Fine, let me make it fun. I don't know. What can I do? But like, what if we showed up as grown-ups, and we have to do all the things? Or we're in this, you know? There's like, or or our our sphere got smaller because of this. Like, well, but what if we started looking around, going, well, what can I do? Okay, one of the things I do, I squat down when I'm uh, in in the flat-footed squat pose, which is a yoga pose, when I'm unloading the dryer, because it's really good for my back and for my joints. And it's not something I enjoy doing, but I go, oh, okay, well, I have to unload the dryer. I'm gonna fold these things, but so I, that's like, that's like a silly little thing, but does that change even the task of having to do the dry, you know, the, the, the mundane? So that's where I would look. I would go like, okay, here's this mundane thing. <laughs> what, how, what, what could I do that shifts it a tiny bit, a tiny bit? David, when David Beeler was on, he was talking about the way he grew up. And he said he had a mom who would 
take something and use it and then reuse it. And then before she threw it away, she would say, what do you guys think you can do with this? What else could we do with this? So he had that mindset of what else, what else, what else? And when we, that to me is an essential component of what we're calling creativity is it's the what else part, not the same yes. part, but the what else part. Yes. And I think it's just a habit that the older you get, the less, unless you're blessed with that being a way of life for you, that gets harder to do. Mm. Because it, I, what I see is we tend to want to simplify and we want to make things predictable and efficient because we think life will be smoother that way. Mm. But it just seems to me when we do that too much, <laughs> which, which can happen very early on, that we really stunt that flow of life from coming through us. Right. It's, yeah. Like even like a mealtime pattern, right? Where we do this, like, right, the early bird. I mean, I lived in South Florida, right? Like, okay, you know, this is when it's going to be busy from here to here because we always eat our meal at this time, right? And even so, and even if some of those patterns create something consistent, like I can see consistency can be valuable. Well, then still looking at how else, right? What, what, what other thing to do? When my children were little, we, we had something called a courtesy bite. I don't care if you eat, but, but there is a courtesy bite. You're not walking away until you try it. You got to taste it. Tell me it's terrible. Spit it out. I don't care. <laughs> and so I think of that in like this context of as adults, what are we willing to take a courtesy bite of? That's not the same, right? Technology is a beautiful thing, right? It's before this pandemic, right? There's a lot of resistance around learning something new and how do we, you know, and now you have families getting together so they can be together all the generations. So there was that little willing thing. So yeah, I think it's like staying curious, staying, and I would call that also in, in expand, staying in expansion because if we've been on the planet a hundred years, there's still things that we don't know. So to stay in that and willingness to see, learn, or experience something new, some tiny little thing, right? Like I, I repurpose total love the Trader Joe's everything but the bagel seasoning, favorite seasoning. I mean, we use a lot of that. And that's a cute little jar and I love the little name. So I save the jar and it turns into a vase for the flowers from my garden when I go somewhere because there's an abundance. But like that little thing of that, like that, nothing. But oh, it, it was something. <laughs> And now it's something else. Right. Right. So yeah, I like that. What what else? What else? It's definitely related to aliveness. And I think for me, aliveness is an is a another just just another description of creativity. Because if we're doing the same thing over and over and over again, the same breakfast at the same time, the same lunch at the same time, the nap at the same time, the this at the same time. Where's the aliveness in that? Now there is there is a force moving through us, but we have, as you were saying, we have choice, don't you think? And whether we're going to open the faucet all the way. Yeah, and when I hear you say it that way, it, it relates back to me as presence. So my husband and I have the, the blessing of being able to have our meals together in the way that we do our work. And 
we make that little thing, the meal, our, our every day, whatever, breakfast, lunch, dinner, like a celebration. Like, yes, we use cloth napkins. And yes, we use the dishes that we love. And we take turns sharing a prayer over our meal to be thankful. And it's the same, like, and we love that. We love being together. We love eating together, but, but we show up willing and aware, like for that, like, so we're being present. So maybe it's maybe even in doing the more habitual things, it's, it's how you're showing up, right? It's not even that you have to do it different, right? I'm going to brush my teeth every morning, but when I stand there, do I look at, and I keep pretty things around because I'm visual. There's, thank goodness that David doesn't mind because we have beautiful scarves hanging and, and artwork and like, you know, and at the sink, there's all these, and I have altars in different places that just, when I look at them, fill something in me, but I pause, like when I go to, I actually stop and see what's there. Cause I could show up to that sink to brush my teeth and not even see myself in the mirror, or it's just the action. And you can go through by rote, especially if you're in your head. So showing up to the more habitual things. How are we showing up, right? Like if we're showing up in awareness, every breath is a new breath. This breath that I'm taking right now is not the, the one that I took 10 breaths ago. Like it's, it's new every single time. Makes me think of that quote, which I think is attributed to Einstein, which is that you can either see everything in life as a miracle or nothing in life as a miracle. Yeah, I'm in the everything camp. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Let's do that. Can we make that a campaign? Okay. Everything yeah. is a miracle. What, what, what might change? <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be something? What if even just some of the things were miracles? Yeah. yeah. What are we willing to see that just might be a miracle that we haven't noticed before? Right. I am recalling, especially when your kids grow up with a mom that's a clown, it, it la lends itself to a very unusual and I remember one year, and, and I'm boys, and so you have all these boys, and I remember coming home one year, I guess it was a birthday or something, they filled the floor of my house with my balloons, like they had blew them up and whatever, and then they gave me a rock, and I'm like, this is so good, but they gave me a rock, but it was a rock that said love, and there was something about, right, and I, I keep rocks around because like what, like I, I have these little little crystals at my desk, right? Like just for energy, whatever. But if I stood and looked at this and all of its facets and its intricacies inside, and I just, I could say, yeah, that's just a rock. It's sitting there. I never notice it. Or what's that? And what could it be? What else could it be? Right. And what else could it be? And so that's where we, where we place our attention. I have a question for you. In the sure. classes that you teach, whether it's yoga or art classes or your uh, Akashic Records consults, what do you see happening to people who are, especially people who come from the professional world and they're pretty much buttoned up and have a already established routine for seeing the world, how they're gonna get up in the morning, what they're gonna do, how they're gonna to get to work when they are given an opportunity to show up in a way that doesn't have restrictions on it and can provide an opportunity for them to see what else is already in their life in that moment. How do you see them? Do you see a, an unfolding or a process that happens? 
Yeah, because I would say, depending on the person, it's uh, everyone's different, everyone's wired different, but I see that it's almost like, a, like if you were to take a jackhammer, like and break up cement, right? Like something's gonna happen. So it might start slow and be uncomfortable and feel kind of like, uh, well, if they keep following it, they're lighter. Like I actually can watch someone come in with a heaviness and be more, victim is a kind of an interesting word, but, but like more like things are happening to them to when this wakes up that nothing changed and everything changed because the circumstances stayed the same, but they show up different. So there's more freedom and more peace. And then it's a part, I see this sort of, I'm gonna say joy, I don't know that that's the right word, but like, oh, I remember me because there was a time when I was really connected to that. And I'm not talking like that you have to go through all your childhood stuff. Like, I know we've all had our things and some people didn't even have happy childhoods, whatever. But there's something in you that knew something else before we started getting conditioned or being conditioned or conditioning ourselves, whatever that is. So I see them coming out of the conditioning and having you know, I say the word peace because it is a quietness. It's not an exuberant. It's a quiet, like all is well. Mm. All is well. Like that's a, that's a settled, right? I mean, I love to play in the joy, but there's something that's much deeper, like underneath that. It's not the emotion, like our happy, joyful. It's not that it's yeah, all is well. And when they can connect to that inside, then things start looking different. And then, and then maybe one small, maybe they make one small different choice, one small different choice. And the other thing I see is when adults are willing to do this, then they only then can they have the awareness to let others be and do who they are. Because if it's not coming from that, then I want to control you to get what I'm looking for. I want, so when they're having that and when they're given that, there's a freedom you know, and I've seen it with people like in relationship is a great area, right? Or with work things. And so all is well, like an unshakable knowing and the circumstances and the environment have nothing to do with it, right? And that's like, you have to be willing to kind of sit in something that's a little more quiet underneath. And some people I, take a while to get to that place because they're not used to it. They're always from what I see, yeah. is that there's, every moment is taken up with something that needs to be done in a certain way. Right, right. And so for me, even, because I like to play in the land of joy and da, 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 and I love to do all that, right? Believe it or not, like in my home life, it's very quiet. Like we spend a lot of time in like the more quiet space to stay in that connection. So I'm a meditator, right? Like in every day, I unplug from all of this shiny allows for oh right back to the freedom back to something quiet and i and i think that when adults are doing things looking at things in this way and being given freedom first they're first it's like permission slip right so i'm all about a giant permission slip in fact i think i could be that like hi i'm your permission slip <laughs> Like on one right here on your head. So when someone you're in a space and someone's giving permission, oh, then you see, wait a minute, I'm the one giving permission to me. Like so then they get to see, oh, I can give myself permission 
And I think sometimes we don't give ourselves permission because we don't know that we were, that we had a rule. I was the biggest rule follower. My mom said that my mantra when I was a kid is the teacher said, the teacher said, like, oh, I got to do that. Right. So, I, but somewhere along the line, I'm like, why, why is that? Why? I don't know. So I think with adults, when they can see like, oh, they're doing that, then there's the space to let it go and have more peace, right? And it's not go live in a cave and don't do your life. It's do your life, only well-being, experience well-being. Right? And, and I believe this with all my heart, well-being only happens in the moment. It's only now. It's not the past. It's not the future. My well-being can only be one moment at a time. And there's never any other moment but now, right? Right? Here we go, right? These conversations that go in that circle. <laughs> Right. And there's a piece to, as we're even having this conversation, it's all a lie, right? Because we had to use words to try to, to try to give meaning to something because we're humans and that's what we do. And that's what brings me to why I love creativity for me as an artist with a brush, because there's no words. It's just an experience and it's happening. That's it. Now that's freedom to have an experience and just let it be happening without labeling it or saying, this is what it means, or this is the kind of person I am, but just to be experienced. And that for me, my, the way that I, what feels true to me is that's what my soul, like that's what my soul came to do. It said, let me take the body because I want to have some more experiences. Can't get that one. I'm just in a, in a more ethereal form. Okay. What are those? I'm not, I'm not going to like them all. <laughs> so experience and self-awareness now. Yeah. That's it. That's, that's it. Wasn't it Plato who said the unexamined life is not worth living? Mm. I also find great wisdom in those that have spent a lot of time in nature, mm -hmm. like really being in nature, not just, you know, walking and blah, 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 like really being, I've been doing that more, like quietly just sitting. There's so much happening Beyond the mind shatter, there's a whole world. I appreciate you, Nina. And you. And these, no, these conversations. What a, what a blessing. And for me. And hopefully for everyone who gets to listen. Right, right, right. Because if we, and that's something too, right? If we hear one little thing, it's like there's a little bell that we all have. I have like some bell and I hear one thing and I go, oh, I heard that and then it got in me and then I did something a little bit differently or I felt more or I saw something, right? This is just that. And I do believe as humans, we're kind of grabbing each other's hands going, hey, you know, and we're walking along. We're walking along and maybe we drop hands sometimes, but just that. Drop so hands to clap. Yeah, right, exactly, exactly. But how, what a blessing. Mm -hmm. Can you, before we say goodbye for the moment, yeah. share what you are up to these days and how people can get in touch with you and your website? So <laughs> being one with all those little bubbles in the air, <laughs> my website is I am livinglovinglaughing.com. And I have a membership to Donna's Yoga Church. So I teach twice a week. And as a member, you can come to those classes and they're recorded and you can have a library of, you know, fun, cool, really lovely community. That was sort of my pivot for what, with COVID because I have a studio and so that closed. So we do this now on Zoom. 
I do Akashic Record consultations, which is uh, asking questions, and I'm kind of a channel for your, the soul or your masters and teachers to bring forward information along the lines of how we've been speaking to gain more freedom and for current stuff. And then I do soul nourishment coaching where I use the Akashic records because why not be plugged into the divine <laughs> and um, just in a more regular way, uh, support people with that. And then on Saturday, actually, um, I'm doing a little fun thing, little fun things, an hour of focusing on love with Kathy Murphy, who's a, a, someone I think Nina, you also know. So I like to collaborate so that we can do even short gatherings to get together with a focus on something that feels good to take a time out from all the negativity. Mm. Um, and then my art products, they are going to be available one day. There's a few things on my website, but I have that, like, I'm always pulled to like draw more, paint more, you know, I have postcards, I have a few things, but, the, but they'll keep, you know, they'll keep going. I'm, I'm still playing with that. Uh, enjoy meeting, engaging with willing, willing, willing souls, willing souls. Yeah. That's the name of the game for being creative, right? Yeah. Being a willing soul. Exactly. Exactly. That's it. That's it. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. lovely. Yeah. Well, thank you yeah. so much for being on this call. Thank you. Thank you. What a what a gift and what a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you.